0: Initially, I think it seems almost like sociopathic or psychotic. But the older I get, the more I, the more I see value in that, and the more I kind of want to systematize that part of my life too. Because relationships are important,
1: and it's not like I don't want to talk to them. I just need a system to remind me. Which sounds really bad. <laughs>
0: Long time, dude. It's actually, it's funny. We used to talk once every two weeks. But ever since we we started talking, you know, every week for the podcast, I'm like, well, damn, it's been a while.
1: <laughs> oh, damn, dude, I missed it's you. Too, bro. Fast. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just absurd to me when you think about like, how long we've been consistently talking. It makes me think it's really not that hard to keep up with someone. You just both have to commit to it, you know? you both have to commit to a schedule and try to stick with it. And it's okay if you miss a week or two, but just, you know, actually do it. And I think so many people find it weird that it's scheduled. Like, oh, You scheduled a time to talk and it's, that's what you have to do when your lives get busy and you want something consistent. So.
0: I've seen like two factions of people on the internet now where, um, and there's like a lot of kind of debate on Twitter about this and, one thing I see is my friends who send me calendar invites for everything. It's like, yo, I'm inviting you over for like dinner at my place. Like just put it on your calendar. Because I think what ends up happening, especially in New York, is like it's easy to get double booked. And so like even for the smallest things, like for a couple of hours, you know, hang. It's just I think it's just good to have something on your calendar. But yeah, I think that they're the people who find it weird. I'm, I'm of the former camp, I think. Like I think it's just more efficient and the right way to do things. And honestly, I kind of, as you said, you know, life gets busy. I think also you just end up having so many people that you like basically accumulate over time that you want to keep in touch with. And I think you need a system or or systems to nurture those relationships. And I think for me, one of the things is like, okay, like at the very least, I talk to people once every year on their birthday or on my birthday, right? Like I'll basically like on their birthday, I'll give them a call. It's a very simple thing. And then depending on kind of my level of closeness with someone, I think this naturally happens for people like having a landing at a certain cadence that you want to talk to someone, but I've started to formalize it a little bit more and be like, okay, you know what? I want to ideally like talk to this person at least monthly or quarterly or yearly or whatever. And um, I've actually seen some people like create like kind of personal CRMs or like have personal CRMs where they keep track of this. And, you know, initially I think it seems almost like sociopathic or psychotic, but the older I get, the more I, the more I see value in that. And the more I kind of want to systematize that part of my life too, because relationships are important.
1: Then I must be a psychopath, man, because I've had so many ideas to build an app like that, where what if there was just an app where at least on iMessage, I just wanted to get reminded, like, you know, like a bump in that Mm -hmm. conversation it could be like, oh, this is someone you want to talk to every month. Bump, you haven't talked to this person in a month because you're not going to scroll through and be like, oh, like it's been this long since yeah. you know, I sent a message. And I think some people are maybe more in tune with, oh, I haven't talked to this person in a while. Like, let me talk to them. And I've realized I'm not that type of person. It takes a long time for me to be like, oh, like I haven't talked to, talk to this person. Let me hit them up. So I find that it's and it's not like I don't want to talk to them. I just need a system to remind me, which sounds really bad, but a system to remind me like that, oh, it has been a while and I'm fine initiating and, and getting conversation going. I just don't, it's just not a top of mind for me. And I I don't want that to lead to these relationships being strained. And so I've been looking for that, but I don't want like a, I don't need some sort of like heavyweight CRM. Yeah. I literally just want a reminder Based on like when I last messaged them or something, you know, I tried doing it in Todoist where I set like reoccurring tasks mm-hmm. for people, and the task yeah, would just I be that, that person's name, <laughs> and I would like check them off. And sometimes it would be like, oh, I talked to this person like a couple times this month. I don't need to talk to them like right now, and that's fine. It's just it's a lot. It, it feels really weird when you start seeing people's names in your like to do list every day, <laughs> and so. I don't know I I think those tools can be very valuable and that's kind of the way I think using technology to reinforce those relationships that we've built uh, and so I might have to explore some of these personal CRMs sometime
0: yeah I I think it's a it's a growing problem I met this guy at my friend's wedding and uh he's basically this former Amazon guy HBS MBA and he quit his job recently and he was really he's mainly focusing on, this problem of, I guess, loneliness and how do we help you establish stronger connections and maintain them? And he was experimenting a lot in the space and making a lot of different types of apps and pivoting and things like that. And I think it's a pretty big focus for a lot of people. And I think it's a large enough problem area that there's a lot of meat there because even though we're like more connected than ever, we're like less connected truly. And I think everyone feels a little lonely. I've also noticed like, even in my own life, Some of my friends who I know like we're very close, like I'll ask them to do something or ask them to check something out, you know, as a favor. And it just slips through the cracks. And it's not because they don't value you. it just life just gets so busy now. And so I think it's just kind of like part of the reality that you have to accept. Um, And I think that's true for, you know, I I see it, you know, around me for my friends. I heard this very
1: interesting thing where there's, I guess, a popular show. I want to say it's on TikTok or on YouTube. And the show was called like, meter running or like leave your meter running or something. Right. And it's essentially these young kids who will take a taxi or a cab in, I think, New York. And essentially the driver asks them where they want to go and they will just say, oh, take me to your favorite place to eat. And then they'll actually go and eat with the driver and interview them and see what their life is like. And essentially they kind of describe it as like a humans of New York, but like Mm. taxi drivers and they'll pay for everything and at the same time the meter is running so the the driver gets paid and the so, the interesting part is everyone in the comments will be like oh that's amazing that this guy is like making a life for himself and like he's happy even though he's a driver and someone that was reviewing this commented that isn't it hilarious that we're so happy that this guy's happy doing whatever he's doing and all the people commenting are probably people who are in some way unhappy with their own lives so to them that that feels so precious that's oh look at this taxi driver he's so happy even though he's a taxi driver and like, all these people commenting are probably people in better situations but somehow they don't have that sense of satisfaction that like this driver probably has and that to me is just so telling you know it's just that's like the world we live in. It sometimes feels like the the better positions you're in the bigger, better jobs you have, the less of the actual satisfaction and happiness you have. And you think that this taxi driver, there's no way like he should be unhappy. He should be like, I can't wait to be educated or do a business or this or that. But I bet you those are some of the happiest people there. They're just like, I drive a taxi and I make things work and I go home to my family and you know, I I enjoy this. And they have a little bit of that social aspect, maybe they talk to their customers and, and everybody who thinks this is amazing. And so precious are like secretly wishing for the same thing, but they don't have it. So I just found that to be hilarious. And it kind of captivated an audience, literally because of that aspect, you know, (laughs) all these people probably wish they could have the life he's having, maybe not as a taxi driver, but in some way.
0: I have a funny story about that that happened this weekend. I, um, I was watching some stand-up video, Nimesh Patel. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's this like really funny Indian American comic. And he was doing some crowd work and he was basically riffing with this guy in the crowd, this 19-year-old Indian kid who is a rapper. And, um, you know, it was like for 12 minutes, he just kind of goes like interacting with this kid. And this kid is like... Very bold, but clearly like misguided where he's like, yeah, you know, you know, he has like, got that like fresh blood. He's like, yo, I'm 19. Like I go to Purdue, but I'm a rapper and I might drop out. And Namish is like, yo, don't drop out. And the whole crowd like, was like, yeah, like don't. Um, yeah. And Namish and was like, what do you rap about? And this kid was like, you know, the usual stuff like sex, money, drugs. And yeah. Namish is just like, dude, what do you know about any of that stuff? And he's like, how many times have you had sex? And this kid is like, once. (laughs) (laughs) So this kid's out here putting all these Indians to shame. But um, anyway, sorry, they go on for like 12 minutes about this. And he ends up getting his like rap name. And he starts playing some of his music on stage through his phone. Um, The kid doesn't get on stage. It's all Nimish playing this. But at the end, I was just like so curious about what this kid is like that I knew his name. So I like went on YouTube and I searched like basically I ended up finding the music video that Nimish played on stage and I found it and I, I realized like, oh, why does everyone else have to go through this trouble? Let me just save them the trouble. And so I just commented on the video saying like, oh, by the way, in case anyone's curious, this is the music video. And it was like my first YouTube comment in like years. I forget what my like last one. I've left two comments totally in my life. The other one was something equally stupid. And basically a day later, I get a message from a friend being like, yo, dude, I was on YouTube watching the Mish's thing. And I was scrolling down the com- comments and I saw you there. <laughs> and I thought that was just <laughs> a ridiculous way. And it's like a good friend of mine. Um, it was a ridiculous way to actually, um, I don't know, like have an encounter, like a semi- you know, virtual asynchronous encounter with someone. Um and this guy probably thinks now like I leave I leave comments and videos all the time. I'm one of those people. <laughs> now now he's gonna be on the lookout, man.
1: Any video he watches, he's gonna be like, is it okay here. It's okay to leave a comment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so I go so going back to the point about the whole like kind of happiness tourism and the taxi driver. You know, I I, I feel that way about our parents too, where I feel like there's that generational difference in happiness, essentially, where our parents came here with basically nothing, right? Kind of a very humble beginnings to, to where they are now story. And they just worked hard. And honestly, I don't think they ever like when I ask them if they're happy, they're like, that's a ridiculous question. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, of course, I'm happy, right? Like, I you know, I have like, I have a family, I have a home, I have a livelihood, like, what is there not to be happy about? And while I feel like for us, like the whole, I remember growing up, that was the whole question. It's like, I got to do what me, what I'm passionate about, what makes me happy. So I think to to a large degree, it's a problem that that has been manufactured for us because of a life of like privilege and where we haven't had a mission basically to, we haven't had to survive ever. We haven't had a mission. And I think to a large extent, that's why I find what I'm doing now so meaningful. And I think that's why entrepreneurship speaks, you know, to us because your back's against the wall and you're just trying to make something work. And like all of a sudden you just back in survival mode and you're trying to make something happen. I think, yeah, basically for our generation, that's kind of the dilemma is like, how do you, how do you take a privileged upbringing and how do you create happiness out of it and fulfillment? And I think that's the real kind of jugard crafting an intentional life piece of it where it applies, I think pretty much entirely to, to our generation. So it's, it's it's a new challenge and I'm not going to say it's like harder or easier, but it's a challenge. Like it's, it's, it's a weird thing to come from such a privileged position and be like, Oh man, like I'm just not happy. Uh, But I think it's still like, you know, a reality of a, of a problem that we have to face. Like I think people diminish problems of people that are more fortunate than them in like certain dimensions. For example, if you're a billionaire, you will be lonely. Because you don't know who you can trust and you don't know who, like, you don't know, like, whether any girl is actually interested in you or just wants you for your money. You don't know if any friends are just using you. And that's a real problem. But, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, boo-hoo, like, poor billionaire, go cry on your yacht. But I do think, like, you know, everyone kind of has a valid problem. And for us, you know, this is it. It's like, how do we find that fulfillment?
1: Yeah, it's like the problems that our parents face, we've already started at level two. You know, they went from Mm -hmm. level zero to level one. (laughs) We've started at level two, but that brings its own set of problems. Like, I remember this book that I read. um, What's that one by Mark Manson? How to not a subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. And like one of the biggest takeaways from that book that I got, which maybe I knew already, but um, I think it helped me formulate my opinion better was this everybody has problems but what set of problems do you want to sign up for you want to sign up for the poor people problems you want to sign up for the rich people problems you know you want to sign up for the popular people problems yeah. but <laughs> you're going to have problems just pick which ones you want and that to me resonated really strongly because i think it's true and i do think there is a quote-unquote Jugard of what problems you do want to have i don't think you want to have the poor people problems you know i think the people who remember what it's like not to have food on your plate or to have stress because you can't pay for your, you know, um, shelter, the place where you're living, that is probably not something they ever want to feel again. But at the same time, having rich people problems is also something that, you know, you know, sometimes can be avoided. If you do well for yourself and your family, maybe don't look like you are, you know, don't go out and buy like a, a, a Lamborghini or something. And then ask why everybody's asking you for money. I think there there are ways where it requires sacrifice, It requires other people not knowing how well you've made it. And I think for some people, they're like, oh, but like, I thought this was part of making it like, you know, like getting that like appreciation or this or that. And so either way, you have to sign up for whatever problems you want to sign up for. And I've been thinking a lot about what are those problems and how do I optimize those problems to like craft the life I want? right like I don't want to deal with certain things and so maybe I'm okay with not having that like recognition or this or that and and so I think everybody should think for themselves like what are the problems I want to sign up for and kind of work backwards into like how do I live the life to sign up for the problems that come with that type of life it's the negative way of thinking of it but I think it reframes you the right way of what problems do I actually want to have and to face the next step is to get the next step.